Can somebody say praise the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. For it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. But these days so many say God is not good. So many are against God. So many got so many opinions and they're not even sure what God is God. But I'm here to tell you that the Lord God of Israel is God, even through Christ Jesus our Lord. For the way to life is not always easy, but it's always worth it. Many are the roads to destruction, but Matthew chapter 7 and verse 14 tells us, Straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to life, and few there be that find it. I'm glad that few means in comparison, because we know in the seventh chapter of Revelations it says, I saw a multitude of every nation, of every kindred, of every tongue, standing before the throne and praising the Lamb and worshiping God, having white robes and had made themselves white in the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the living God of Israel. Matthew 6 and 22, For the light of the body is the eye. If the eye looks for good, it'll find it. If it looks for bad, it's going to find that too. But if the eye looks for good, then the whole body is full of light. But if it looks for evil, how great is that darkness? We have to make a choice every day. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow for you got enough trouble today. That was in Matthew chapter 6 at the very end, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Ain't that the truth? Lord, help us through the trouble we see each every day and bless, O oh Lord. You know, if we only look at this world, we might get just a little bit depressed. But you have to keep your eyes on the prize. For there is coming a day. There is coming a day when the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Lord. For if we struggle, the Lord God is our friend, and he will help us and bring us through that struggle. Ah, oh, glory. I was going through some things, and the Lord gave me a dream. And in the basement of my soul, and down deep in my house, there was a giant serpent. And he was called up in that very bottom and not wanting to leave the house. But, ah, oh, glory, then it went dark. And the Lord didn't show me the things that happened in between. But at the end of the dream, the serpent was laying out in the yard with his head taken off. And I was walking away. Ah, oh, glory, for by his strength and by his power, it shall be destroyed. The evil cannot overtake us if we don't let it. If we stand strong in the power of His might, in the power of His glory, in the power of His strength, blessed are they that die in Christ henceforth. For even death cannot destroy the blessing that God has for us. It's hard to see sometimes. It's hard to look at it that way. Because we want to see good things in this world. And God's able to bless in this world. He's able to help you in this world. Trust him. Turn to him. He's strong. My father has a cattle of a thousand hills. But if we're only looking to this world, then this world is all we'll get. I don't want all my blessings here. 
Luke said, Woe unto you that have now, for you have received your reward. But blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. I want to know that I've got something laid up in heaven. Jesus said, Lay not up for yourself treasures in this world, where thief robs and moth corrupts. But lay up for yourself treasures in the world to come, where thief can't get to and the moth can't corrupt. Ah, oh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Ah, oh, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords. Isaiah said there was a child coming, and that child would know to refuse the evil and choose the good, and bread and honey would he eat. Bread and butter. Ah, oh, glory. Isaiah painted a Beautiful picture of the child born, but it wasn't very long that the child was born and then trouble came. I guess he probably had a good childhood. He had good parents. Things were well with him. Growing up, I imagine. But then he went into ministry. And from the time that he went into his ministry, he kept telling him, For this cause came I into the world. For this reason was I born. To take the sin of the world. Help now, Jesus. Bless now, Lord. Save now, Father. For the road to righteousness and eternal life was paved by the strength of Jesus Christ, who gave his life and shed his own blood that we might have his example to live by. God didn't offer up as some little son that Jesus threw away and sacrificed him and killed him for us and tossed him to the side. No. Jesus Christ said, No man takes my life from me, but I lay it down freely. I have the power to, give, to lay it down and power to take it up again. This commandment have I received from my Father. Now we know that Jesus Christ showed the cross as a display of strength. And then he rose again the third day as an even stronger display of strength. There's a couple different times in the Bible where it talks about how he first met his disciples and they were fishing him. He said, have you any meat? Have you caught anything? Is anything... Do you have any fish? They said, no, Lord. We fished all the night and we hadn't caught nothing. He said, well, cast over the other side of the boat and you'll find it. And they cast over and said, this time the nut got so full that it began to break when they bring up the fish. That was before the resurrection. After the resurrection, he does the same thing again. And he's standing on the shore and they don't really know it's him because I guess the way it talks that when he resurrected, he looked a little different. Ah, glory. He had that resurrected body. And he stood there and he called out to them and he said, Children, have you any meat? And they said, No, Lord, we've told all the night. Same scenario as the first time. But this time he had the power of the resurrection. He done been to the cross. He done been resurrected from the dead. And the power of God was upon him this time. Even stronger than it was before. Because now he had the victory. He had already done battle with the devil. He had already defeated death, hell, and the grave. He wasn't here as this time. It wasn't when he was going to do it. This was after he had already done it. And now the reward and the glory was upon him. And it says he raised up the net with the fishes. And there, though there were so many, 150 and 3, I think it said, of great fish. And yet for all there were so many, yet did not the net break. Ah, oh, glory, for now he was in perfection. 
Now he had shown the strength of God and put to silence death, hell, and the grave. Ah, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. Bless today, O Lord, with the strength of the living God. Isaiah 55 and 11, For the word of the Lord will not go out, will not return empty, but it will do as what it was sent to do. Oh, glory, let's turn over and read that. Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Let's read it again in the New International. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Ah, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Lord. And it says again, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Ah, glory. Instead of the thorn bush will grow, grow the pine tree, and instead of briars and myr the myrtle will grow. This will be the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. I imagine he's talking about the world to come there because it's not always like that here, although we do see times of joy. Ah, glory. But it's usually kind of like after, after Jesus had already been to the cross and been resurrected. It was a time of joy. He came back to the disciples. They were, they were downtrodden, sad. The way things that went down for them wasn't good. At least they didn't think it was. But he had told them, he said, you're going to weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. Because the world had been delivered. Ah, oh, glory. They were walking along the way and Jesus came up to them and a few of the disciples were walking along and it didn't really clarify who it was, but later on it suggested it was Peter and some of them. But he was walking along and he just kind of made his way up to them and he didn't tell them who he was kind of blinded their eyes to it, and he just walked along and talked to him. He said, why are you sad? They said, are you a stranger to Jerusalem? Do you not know what has just happened? And they started telling him about Jesus and how they thought he was the Christ, and they thought that it was him that was going to deliver Israel. Ah, oh, glory. He told them the whole time he was walking with them that he was going to have to do this. He told them about it. He told them in advance. And still it went in one ear and out the other. It just didn't sink in. You read all through the Gospels. We're all up until then. He told them. He said the Son of Man is going to be killed. He's going to be raised again the third day. And he told them these things over and over. And then he goes to the cross. And he does exactly what he told them he was going to do. He walks up the hill of Golgotha and gives his life. He shed his blood and paid the price for our sins and went into the depths of the earth and defeated death, hell, and the grave. He freed the captives from the days of Noah, it says in Peter. He went in and preached to the spirits that were in prison and gave them a second chance from the days of Noah. And those that heard his word were led out, 
with him. And they were brought out from the prison. Ah, glory. King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today. And then they're walking along and they're sad and all this stuff he had told them. And they still just didn't understand. And, and then it's like sometimes that word, when you can hear it over and over again, but then all of a sudden it's like the rhema word of God. It just comes to you and all of a sudden it just means so much more because the Spirit of God is there with you. And here comes Jesus walking right beside him. And he starts talking to him and tells him, he says, Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. He said, Was it not right for me to do what I did and to be crucified and raised again the third day? And he opened and said, and then he expounded the scriptures to him and he opened their eyes. And then they beheld him and they knew it was him and then he disappeared. Oh, how much it must have hurt. Because he come in and he kind of scolded them and got on to them for being so distraught, not having faith in what he had done and not listening to what he had told them all that time. And now here he comes and has to exhort them and tell them again, but he exhorted them in the scriptures and told them, but then he scolded them also for not believing what he had already told them to start with and then just disappears. You know they had to had to hurt a little bit because he just had almost grasped him and then he disappears again. He didn't stay gone long though. He came back. But they ran off and told the others and then the word had been opened to their heart and to their mind and they understood it. Then they knew what was right and what was good. Ah, oh, bless the Lord on oh my soul because you can hear something every day for the rest of your life but until God opens your mind Till God opens your heart, it's just not the same thing. But once he does open your mind and once he does open your heart, oh, glory, there is nothing like that. I did a little job for a man and I did it for free because he asked me to. I was helping this lady out. The Bible teaches, you know, to help the widows out and help the orphans and poor and this man, he was trying to do that. He was from one of the churches around here, and he was kind of supervising everything and helping. He got one place to get him the carpet and got me to lay it for, and, and I didn't mind. I was just a little sick, you know, and I, I didn't really feel up to it that day, but I went ahead and did it anyway. And then the man, when I said something to him, you know, it was a little more than what he had told me. <laughs> he said, well, I'll try to get you some money for it. And I said, no, I, I wasn't wanting money. It's just I just didn't feel well that day. I'm sorry. And, he's, and then he spoke a blessing in my life, and I saved it. And I looked back at it the other day, and, and it wasn't the words. It, the words really weren't that much. It was peace unto you and your family and blessing and of the Lord Jesus. I mean, it was just a few words. But when he spoke, it's like the word just opened my heart to it. And that blessing just blessed my soul. And you couldn't have given me enough money to make up for all that. Oh, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. For the word of the Lord will not go out and return empty, but it will accomplish that which it was sent to do. And as in the days of Noah, do you think there weren't people there living then that thought they were righteous, that thought they were doing right? But what we've got to understand 
is not what is in our eyes. The Bible talks about the space between the Old and the New Testament, how everybody did what was right in their own eyes and what they thought was right. But the Word of God is what sets the standard of right and wrong. When we want to know what's right, we got to go back and look at the book. We got a, we got a road map here, people. We got a book of godly men that gave their lives. It wasn't just Jesus that gave his life. Jesus was only the only one that was sinless that gave his life. The only one that was able to pay the price for sin. But there were many men that gave their lives for the word of God. Many men have spoken the truth and been killed for it. There's a lot of books. The Book of the Martyrs of Jesus. DC Talk even did one there. I've got it. It's not half bad. It's uh, Jesus free. I forget the actual title of the book. My daughter gave it to me, but it talks about modern day martyrs. And, you know, in this country, we don't see that a whole lot. There's a lot of countries where they still have to give their life to serve God. You know, that's the real problem we got right now. We've been so blessed and it's so easy. And we, we think that we're giving up so much just because we try to do righteously or we try to start going to church and give up our sins. Oh, my Lord, do you have any clue where you're at in your life? Do you understand anything at all? Oh, my God, my Lord, my Lord. We've taken the grace of God and turned it into something that's simply an excuse for sin. The grace of God is for when you've done your best and you still fail, then the grace of God is sufficient for you. But the willing sin, Paul said, if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more remission of sins, but a certain fearful awaiting of judgment and fiery indignation. So grace is not for willful sin. Grace is for those things you can't help. Grace is for when you're trying to do your best, but you still mess up. That's what grace is for. My friends, if you want to even give any thought to heaven, you're going to have to live a righteous and a holy and a godly life. This is nothing that offends shall enter that city. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, we're all going to fail. We're all going to sin. Solomon said, there's no man that sinneth not. That's not the issue here. But are you trying to walk righteously? Are you doing your best to live a godly and a holy life? Are you just accepting the world as it is and walking around living your daily life and thinking that's all just okay? Cussing out the guy that cuts you, cuts you off in traffic and you think, well, I can't help that. Yeah, you can. You can. You can get to where you do better. And if you don't and you're not able to, then when you get home that evening, you go down on your knees and you pray and you ask God to make a better man or woman out of you so that you don't do that the next day. Yes, you can do better. Yes, you can be holy. Peter said, Without holiness shall no man see the Lord. For it is the word of God that sets the standard for right and wrong. Not your opinion of what's right, not what you think is right, but what the word of God says is right. And the word of God says, Except you live a righteous and a holy life, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. For neither murderer, drunkard, dr a railer, an adulterer, fornicator, evil people, are not going to see the word of the kingdom of God. It is the righteous that see the kingdom of God. 
How do we be made righteous? Through repentance. We've all sinned. It's clear about that. The Bible teaches us that every man has sinned. Every woman has sinned. A child is born in iniquity, shaping in iniquity. We come up in these things. But there comes a point in our life where we have to say we want to do better. And we repent. For it is not the will of God that any perish, but all come to repentance and eternal life. Now, having done that and having said that, God loves us. And God, the Bible teaches us, John said, Beloved, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. And that there are sins to death and there are sins not to death. Now, a lot of people want to try to tell you that all sins the same. One little sin's the same as the other. That's not what Jesus said. When he looked at Pilate, he said, The one that delivered to me, to you, has the greater sin. So Jesus right there showed that there's greater and lesser sins. John said, that when you see your brother sin a sin that is not unto death, pray for him, and you will receive life for him that sins not unto death. Now there is a sin, John said, that is unto death. I do not say that you shall pray for it. Now this is in one of the little epistles of John, their first, second, third epistle of John. I don't remember exactly where it's at, but you can look it up in not very long letters. But John put degree on sin. So everybody does mess up a little bit. And there's some things that are just habits to this life that we just going to do, I guess. And I guess that's what he was talking about. Because he said all unrighteousness is sin. So everything we mess up is sin. But it doesn't mean that we're all going to be cast off in the pit of hell for over little bitty stuff. But it does mean that we're supposed to be trying to do better. Each and every day, we should be trying to walk a little better and do a little better. So we get to that point to where we don't have to be ashamed of ourselves. And we don't have to hang our head that we might not be ashamed before him at his coming, the Bible says. We need to get to that point to where we have confidence in God. Knowing that we're doing what is right every day. Knowing that we're making a choice and a conscious choice to do right today. That when we get out of bed, we want to know how we can please God. And not say, Lord, forgive me, I know I'm going to mess up. No. Go into it with an attitude that I'm going to do right today. I'm going to choose the right thing today. And then if we mess up and we're overcome, ask God to forgive. That's what grace is for. But it's not that you accept defeat before you ever start. Give it your best. Go out there and do the best you can today. Go out there and be that man of God, that woman of God. Go out there and spread the gospel. And if people remind you of your past, ah, glory, you just tell them about your future. That's it for tonight, folks. Lord bless y'all and love y'all. Keep y'all in the mercies of the living God today, that the kingdom of God might be within you. Amen.